Today, before Simon and Darren step forward to be baptized, I want us to do a little Bible study in Matthew chapter 3 and try to answer this question together. Why did Jesus get baptized? Because there's probably some overlap, right? And also some gap between Jesus getting baptized and why Darren and Simon are getting baptized this morning. Some overlap and some gap. We often say that someone like Simon or Darren is following the Lord in water baptism or following the Lord's example in water baptism. Jesus got baptized and so should we. But his baptism, because he's Jesus, is bound to be at least a little bit different than yours and mine. Why did Jesus get baptized? Now, Simon and Darren know the answer to that question because we studied it in our baptism class, right? I got to teach Simon's baptism class with his dad, Cody, and Abe Scasel taught Darren's baptism class. And anyone who's taken the baptism class at Lance Free Church knows that there's a quiz in the middle which has some trick questions, right? Some of you have been through it and you're like, yeah, I remember those trick questions. I always say there's no test, but there might be a quiz and everybody passes, okay? I've taught the class, now Abe's taught the class and both of us have given this quiz. It's a true and false quiz and everybody who takes it passes, but there are some trick questions in it. Let me show you three of them. This one should not be too tricky for our church. True or false? Baptism gets you into heaven. All right. That one is false. Very false. And it has never tricked anyone in any one of our classes. Water baptism does not save anyone. Jesus saves people. And we receive that salvation by his grace through our faith. And not by our works like baptism so that we cannot boast. Baptism is a visible picture of the invisible reality of our salvation. If you had to get baptized to go to heaven, then the thief on the cross was out of luck because he never was. And Jesus would be wrong to say to him, today you will be with me in paradise. So that one's false, okay? See how easy this test is? How about this one? True or false? Our church practices baptism by immersion, that's dunking, because it is fun to see people get dunked in the water. That one's a little bit harder, isn't it? We do baptism by immersion, right? And it is fun to see people get dunked in the water. I hear we missed that at Family Bible Week this year. And here goes Simon and Darren. They're getting dunked today. But that's not the main reason why we do it. The main reason we immerse is because every baptism described in the New Testament seems to be by immersion, including Jesus here in Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist, notorious JTB, didn't just sprinkle a little water on Jesus' head or splash some up on him on the, sh- on the seashore. Hey, come closer, Jesus. I'm going to get this water up onto you. That's not how it happened. They went down into the Jordan River together. Remember in chapter 3 of John's gospel that JTB was baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water. But even more importantly, We do immersion here because of how it pictures death and resurrection. When Simon is laid back into the water, it will remind us of Jesus going down into the grave. And when Darren is brought up out of the water, it will picture Jesus coming back out of the grave alive. That's the main reason why we do it this way. 
though we love and respect Christians who do it differently. But here's probably the quick, trickiest question that we ask on this quiz. Are you ready? You got a couple under your belt. You're ready for this one. This one is probably the trickiest. So if you haven't taken the baptism class yet, you'll be ahead. Okay, here it is. True or false? Jesus didn't need to be baptized since he didn't sin. True or false? Hmm. I think it depends on which part of the question you put the most emphasis, right? Or how much emphasis you put on it. Why did Jesus get baptized? Did he need to? I think that even John the Baptist had that question. Let's look more closely at Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 begins with telling us all about the ministry of John the Baptist. We don't have time this morning to go back over all of that. It could make a very good Bible study for you this afternoon, though. Open up Matthew 3 and look through the first 12 verses. It's a lot of the same things we learned about JTB as we've been going through the Gospel of John, especially in chapters 1, 3, and 5, if you've been tracking this fall. John is the voice from Isaiah 40 calling, prepare the way for the Lord. John is trying to get God's people ready for the Messiah. John is not the Christ, but he's pointing people to the Christ. John says that he baptizes, he says, with water for repentance. In other words, to symbolize repentance. He says, but there is one coming after John who is more powerful and more wonderful and much greater than John. And that one to come will baptize not just externally with water, but internally with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The fire of judgment and purification. John said that he wasn't worthy to untie that one whose coming's shoes. He wasn't worthy to even be his servant. John wanted him to himself to decrease and see the Messiah increase. John was a voice. And as we saw just last week, he was a lamp that burned and gave light to highlight the true light who was coming into the world, like the, the pages in the creeks read to us this morning. And then Jesus came to John to be baptized. Isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? He baptizes with water for repentance, and then Jesus shows up and says, baptize me. It's in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to have a little conversation with John, to be baptized by John. The one that John has been preaching about, pointing to, shows up on the scene, and John somehow knows this, that He's the Christ. We don't know all of why he knew or when he knew, but he somehow has gotten the memo by this point, and, he's, and John says, yeah, I'm just not sure about this. Jesus shows up and he says, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to be baptized. How's the water? It's nice and warm. I bet the Jordan isn't as warm as that is. I'm ready. Let's do it. And John's like, uh, uh, mm, I think we might be getting this backwards. Imagine meeting the Messiah and the first thing you do is tell him he's probably wrong. Verse 14, but John tried to deter him, to stop him, saying, 
I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Are you sure about this, Jesus? Because I think it's the other way around. I'm not worthy to untie your shoes. I'm not worthy to tie your shoes. I'm certainly not worthy to baptize you. I don't think you need repentance. See, I think that JTB would answer our trick question as true. Jesus didn't need to be baptized since he didn't sin. All these other people coming to John needed to be baptized to symbolize their repentance, their turn. Some of them, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, wouldn't admit it, and they needed it as much or more than most. But not Jesus. John says he needs the baptism of the Spirit and of fire that Jesus would bring. Give me that. Jesus didn't need to be baptized for repentance. You and I need to be baptized to symbolize our repentance. Simon and Darren are getting baptized today to say they repent of their sins. But Jesus didn't need to be baptized for repentance. However, Jesus did need to be baptized. Because you notice Jesus doesn't say, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) What was I thinking? I don't need to be baptized. That's, That's for you guys. And he also doesn't say, oh yes, I must repent. I'm a sinner just like you. No, what does he say? Look at verse 15. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. So I think that Jesus might answer our trick question as false. He did need to be baptized, even though he didn't ever sin. Jesus says, in effect, yes, let's do it. I need to be baptized. Let's get to dunking. It's the right thing for us to do to fulfill all righteousness. I don't need to be baptized for repentance, but I do need to be baptized for righteousness. What does that mean? Fulfill all righteousness. Well, it probably means a whole bunch of things because it's all righteousness that he's fulfilling. We could probably meditate on this all day long. It means at bare minimum that it was the right thing to do. Is the righteous, his baptism fulfilled all righteousness because it was righteous for John and Jesus to do it. But I'm sure it means a lot more than that. Some of you may remember from our study of Matthew a few years ago that fulfill was one of Matthew's favorite words in his gospel. And it means to, to fill up, to bring to fullness, to bring to actualization. Matthew often used it to describe what Jesus was doing With the Old Testament scriptures, he was filling them up. Here, Jesus is saying that his baptism will bring righteousness to fullness. Oh, doesn't that sound wonderful? For righteousness to be brought to fullness? Here's where the principle of identification comes front and center. Because baptism is at heart an an identification with something or someone else. The one being baptized is getting immersed into something that stands for something. They're, They're being included, absorbed, connected, identified in baptism. As Simon and Darren get baptized today, they're identifying with Jesus. 
They're identifying themselves as sinners who need washing. And they are identifying with Jesus' death and resurrection. Buried with Jesus in death. Raised with Jesus to new life. So in our class, we ask the question, with what or whom do you think Jesus was identifying when he got baptized? He's not identifying with himself, right? Who do you think Jesus is identifying with? With us, right? With us. Maybe with believing Israel, but even more than that, with us. Jesus was identifying with us and with our sin. That's the whole point of Christmas, isn't it? When he went down into the water with John, Jesus was proclaiming his solidarity with us sinful humans whom he had come to save. He was saying, I'm with them. I'm with them. That's the whole point of Christmas, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That He became like us, humans. And even more than that, He became like sinners, taking on our sin. That's what the Old Testament was teaching as well. That's what Jesus was fulfilling. Listen to Isaiah 53, verses 11 and 12. By His knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and He will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. See, he wasn't a transgressor himself, but he was numbered with them. He identified with them. He went down into the water to say, I'm with them. He says, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I think that's what it means for him, for Jesus to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was baptized to be numbered with you and me, to bear our sin as our substitute, to go to the cross, and to give us His righteousness. What a great exchange. Jesus took our sin and gave us His righteousness. That's a big part of the picture of what Jesus was doing that day. So that when Darren and Simon get baptized, they're picturing the flip side of that. They're going down to symbolize their sin being put to death with Jesus and coming back out with Jesus' righteousness resting on them. As the choir sang, little baby Jesus, born to die, to suffer on the cross for you and I. Jesus had to do it. Jesus had to get baptized. His father said so. To picture what Jesus had to do on the cross to fulfill all righteousness. And then when he did, all heaven broke loose. Look at verse 16. Then John consented. So Jesus was dunked. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Wow. Wow. Can't imagine what that was like. It was like nothing else. The heavens broke open. It was cataclysmic, apocalyptic. And the Holy Spirit of God descended on Jesus and came to rest on him. The Spirit looked like a dove. I'm not 100% sure why. Perhaps like how the Spirit hovered over the waters of creation at the beginning. 
But remember what John the Baptist said about Jesus in John chapter 3. He said that God gave Jesus the Spirit without limit. Limitless Spirit. That's the picture here. And, and, and we get the picture of the whole Trinity here, working together with inseparable operations. Right, Kurt? That's what you're going to say to Greg in February. Inseparable operations. Father, Son, and Spirit working together as one because they are one. One God in three persons, not just the Son being baptized, not just the Spirit like a dove, but also God the Father Himself speaking from heaven. And listen to what He says. This is my Son, whom I love. With Him, I am well pleased. Why did Jesus get baptized? Not just to identify with us, but to be identified as God's beloved Son. By God the Father Himself. That's the difference between when we get baptized and when He did. What a difference. God the Father Himself says, this is my Son. Which is exactly what we've been learning about the last three weeks in the Gospel of John, right? Remember verse 20 of chapter, John chapter 5? For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. You just hear that fatherly delight in His divine voice. Mm, this is my Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. It was right for Him to get baptized. It fulfills all righteousness. In fact, everything he does makes me happy. I sure love him. This one, this one right here. This is my son. You see this guy? That's my son. He's my monogenes. He's my one and only. We learned about that in John 1 and John 3. My monogenes, the one and only, the only begotten, full of grace and truth. This is my son. Isn't that amazing? So that we are all the more amazed when he tells us that he so loved us that he's going to give this beloved son. So that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's our memory verse, right? Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16, this son that he loves, that he's so pleased with, he's going to give him for you and me. That's the gospel. And that's why Jesus got baptized. And why Simon and Darren are getting baptized today. They're saying to the world that they believe in Jesus and have received his free gift of eternal life. Here are four points of application from this scripture. Boom, 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 boom. Repent, receive, rejoice, retell. Jesus did not need to repent, but you and I do. And we don't just do it at the beginning of our Christian life, though we need to, but we do it every day of our Christian life. We need to turn from our sins and trust in the Savior. If you have not yet, don't delay. Make this the day that you repent. And receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. He took your sin and took your cross, your sin to the cross. He died for your sins, so receive Him as your Savior today. The Bible says to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. 
and then rejoice. That you will not perish but have eternal life. You've crossed over from death to life. You have every reason to celebrate every day of your life and forever. Repeat the sounding joy and tell how great our joy, 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 joy. And retell, tell and retell your salvation to everyone who will listen. Recount your story, restate your testimony, retell your salvation to the world.